0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Open to Alchemy podcast. I am here with Danielle Hall, who is the founder and CEO of Sound Embrace and also their lead practitioner. So welcome, Danielle. I'm so happy to have you.
1: Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to just share more and just have a conversation with you. I think, you know, there's there's a lot of, you know, reconnecting and it's it's so cool to connect with people one-on-one more.
0: Yes, absolutely. I know in this <laughs> constantly evolving landscape that we really have to be proactive and cultivate and curate and do all that we can to to pull in people that light us up and that we feel connected to. And so, yeah, I'm really grateful for you taking this time. And also that in this unique time that we're living in, you continue to do such beautiful, powerful healing work. So I'd love for you to just share for people that are not familiar with sound healing. I know it's like a huge, very popular modality, but can you give us some more information about what it is, where it came from, that kind of thing?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, you know, the industry of sound healing is really evolving. We, we in the sound healing space, I think really have to give gratitude to the giants who stood before us because we are actually really lucky in the time that we're in right now that people are open to this conversation of, you know, these, this other alternative modality, you know, sound healing is a really, it's ancient practice. Ancient practices from many different cultures coming together under this one umbrella of, of sound healing. And, you know, I think what's really cool, really special about it is, at least in the time that we're in right now, is that we're able to really take the, the cultural philosophies and theories and practices and honor those cultures while also bridging the gap with science and, you know, foundational research that actually backs up a lot of what our ancestors and these different cultures were doing and that's one of the things that i like in in my practice and in my in teaching other sound practitioners is bridging that gap for them that you know, it's not just, uh, you know, one of my friends says, it's not woo-woo, it's true-true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, when we have, you know, all the, the full picture of what it is, we feel empowered in why we're doing it. We can be very intentional in, in bringing people into these experiences. I like to say we're creating the sound environment for the body to go into its own natural healing processes and for some people that's relieving stress, reducing pain. Some it's connecting the mind body or connecting with spirit or higher self, universal consciousness. And you know the the instruments range from tuning forks to crystal bowls. I got a gong behind me, gonging, drumming, shakers, I mean didgeridoos. There are a lot of different instruments that that go into a sound healing practice and different ways of using these techniques to facilitate specific outcomes.
0: And so essentially what you're doing is creating almost like a little orchestra, right? Of these different tools, maybe it's a single tool, maybe it's a mix of different tools to help people get into that level of meditation. Is it a certain state that you're trying to bring people Mm -hmm. to? I know people talk about theta waves and that kind of thing
1: yeah you're you're hitting it. Uh, theta <laughs> is a really is a really powerful brainwave state that it it when we can get you into theta, we're creating that opportunity for your body to switch from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic nervous system state. And when you get into that, I mean, your body's natural immune system functions just turn on. It's going in, it's cleaning house, it's vacuuming the floors and getting in all those crevices. <laughs> you know, we're we're creating vasodilation, so just the dilation of your blood vessels to get more oxygen flow, more blood flow within the body. But one of the things that can happen when we do that are detox symptoms too. So, you know, we create that opportunity for the body to get into that really deep state of rest. But if someone has been in a state of stress for longer periods of time, you know we dilate those blood vessels it kind of you can think of it like a massage a little bit where you know they always recommend you drinking water they always say you know go take care of yourself be you know a little bit slower in your day because you might experience some puffiness or some detox symptoms mm-hmm. it's the same thing in a sound bath experience or sound healing session where you know there may be these stuck toxins in the body that just got released because you went into that relaxed state so you know, there are a lot of precautions that need to be just at least expressed. And a, and a trained facilitator will know how to how to take people through that process. But yeah, it's, and and the other thing too, is it's not always uh, rainbows and blissed out glitter sessions, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, um, I know per- firsthand that I was in a session with you. You had led a sound bath and I was gonna ask you about that. So I'm glad you brought oh, yeah. it up i definitely had this just like it was an overwhelming sense i am a sensitive person as i'm sure a lot of the people listening are and a lot of people that you deal with and i don't know if i was picking up the energy from everybody else Mm -hmm. in the room like if those sort of portals had opened or if the sound healing itself was just like lighting everything on fire. My eyes were closed and we were sort of being guided and it was almost like a bad trip. I was like, okay, I gotta
1: come out of this for a
0: minute. So what happened?
1: (laughs) 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 I will help you. Okay, so first, you know, I wanna say anybody who's new to sound healing, you know, a group sound bath session is, is usually what somebody's first experience is. In, you know in coming into this space it's usually in a yoga studio or it's like a group session there are sound practitioners who do one-on-one sessions retreats you know various other things and I can get into other avenues and niches of, of the industry but typically what you'll see is you know the the group sound bath session which is what you came to probably a relax and sound sound bath is what I had and so yes uh, the some people will have really beautiful empowering experiences some will have an emotional release some may have some fear come up or may feel overwhelmed and so there are a lot of things that i do to support people in coming into my space that's that sets you up for success for you know, laying down and being vulnerable and open to this experience. If it was a relaxed and sound sound bath that I did, I probably didn't say it out loud, but I always go into prayer. I always go into, I'm calling my guides, angels, and beings of my highest and best to serve in this sound healing session. Only those of my highest and best may be here. All others I send lovingly back to mother earth now. And I wait for that shift, so I'm setting the container, I'm setting the protection of the space, and then once I feel that shift, I then go into calling in, I now call in my guests, guides, angels, and beings of their highest and best to serve them, protect them, and give them exactly what they need, show them what they need, no more, no less, whatever they're ready for today, no more, no less. And so for my more sensitive people who come through, my more energetically sensitive people, y'all, it's it's so beautiful because in the sensitivity, it can be really uncomfortable for a couple reasons. And, and this isn't specifically for you. I'm just in general. And then we'll get back to, you know, what happened with you, Lauren. You know, for some people, it's whatever comes up for you in a sound bath session is really an opportunity it's bringing up an awareness and meeting you exactly where you are mentally emotionally physically and spiritually so i want to just put that out there whatever energy whatever energy you're holding whatever is happening in your world at that time energetically you're holding these experiences will meet you exactly where you are and if it needs to if what is supportive for your next iteration of your evolution and your spiritual growth or physical growth mental emotional growth is to make you uncomfortable it will make you uncomfortable and what i find on one side it could be that somebody's resisting something that there's a resistance to making the change or allowing other perspectives to come in to open your awareness to a new path because we're so fixated we could get so fixated it's got to be this it's got to look like this it's got to be these plants and it's got to be this gong you know and so it it you know we could get so focused on it having to be a certain way and with that same person with a particular person that we miss we have these blinders on that we miss what's hanging out over here that spirit's been trying to tell us Uh, hey, this is actually the way that you need to go. So we could feel that resistance in the sound. Maybe we don't wanna look at an emotion. Maybe we don't wanna actually feel the feels. So that's one thing. For my sensitive people, and and I say sensitive in the most, sincere, that it's powerful to be that sensitive.
0: Yeah. Oh, I now started saying sensitivity is my superpower. Yes! <laughs> it Really. And you know, I'm owning are... it. I'm
1: not going to take it as a negative yes. or it's a positive. I love it. Yes. And like there's so much negative connotation around, you know, feeling energy and being sensitive to energy. And so, you know, one of the things is, yeah, I would say for your experience, potentially because we're not back in that moment, But I would ask you, you know, were you really sitting in there for yourself or were you going into helper mode? And were you going into helper mode and trying to help people in the space. I just sort of started picking up and take absorbing other people's energies. You know, tapping into what's going on for other people, you know, wanting to help other people. A lot of us in the wellness space, we do that. Like we do mm. that in our friendships, you know, we do that with like the stranger on the street or at the coffee shop, right? And they're, they're saying they're having a bad day or whatever. And we're like, oh, well. <laughs> And you're, we're going through the process and the algorithm how can we help this person all right reiki you know you know we're like sending them the energy sending them love or whatever it is compassion even and a smile and we're, we're always looking for opportunities to help people and when we are in the space to be the student when we're in the space for cleaning up you know our physical body to be that clear conduit you know, we have to continue to do that, to do our work, to be that clear conduit for the work that we're stepping into. We we all have to watch out for when we are astral out of our bodies and trying to help the other people in the room.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that you bring up such a good point about just as we walk around in our daily life, a good reminder to protect ourselves, to have our energetic boundaries set. And it doesn't mean that we're not loving and, and concerned and wanna help other people but but just for our own protection and really for the betterment of others to just not be such an open like I feel like sometimes it's like a sponge walking around and it's like mm-hmm. no I could be a dry sponge not a wet sponge <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know what too like at least what I found for my myself when I started getting into this work a little over 10 years ago I You know, I I did experience that. I experienced being the sponge, right? And I'm just like, what the hell is happening? Why am I feeling sick when I'm going into these spaces? Why am I sweating? You know, why am I getting a headache? Why do I feel like low vibe and negative all of a sudden? And what I was realizing is I, as I was getting more into these different practices was I needed to learn and build up the one, the discernment of what's mine and what's not mine and then two, you know building up i don't i don't want to call it protection but it's more of a flex you know like we're working out and it's like my we're working our biceps we need our flex is that you know we can turn this on and off that when i'm in the space to feel it when i've set the container when i really want to get into Feeling other people's stuff so that I can be a better conduit or be a better communicator and coach in a session, then, yeah, you know, I've learned how to expand my energy field and to allow other people to be in it without it actually taking on their stuff. So I think too, a lot of us are just, we need, to, we need to work that muscle. We need to, you know, we have, we're already tapped in, but what we need to learn is how to turn it on, turn it off and, and come out of, you know, check our ego a little bit when we're going into to savior mode. <laughs>
0: right, and I think you're absolutely right in experiencing that contrast of this feels overwhelming. This doesn't feel good. I don't physically feel or energetically feel in a in a place that's for my highest and best. Now I know I need to, you know, act differently in different settings.
1: Yeah. And I you know, I'm saying this and this is a constant practice for me too, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. you. Know, I'm gotta... <laughs> I'll bring this into corporate wellness programs and therapy centers. And I brought this into some hospitals, you know, and some big events that, I, that I've done. And, and even in day to day life of when I when I'm going into different spaces, it's a superpower to be able to for all of us. And it's something that if you're not feeling this, anybody listening, you know, this will come like you, you have access to this. It's just it's just a practice, but it's good to have that awareness all right this is what's happening in my body and now what are the tools that i have because i know this isn't mine to be able to move that energy out of your body so you can actually function because you know if you're not doing that work my beautiful wellness energy people yeah <laughs> You're sensitive people. I think this is one of the the most powerful things you can do as a as an empath and a sensitive you know sensitive to energy is to begin that process and find your teacher in really being able to d- discern what's yours what's not yours and being able to clear that so that you can live your life
0: <laughs> yeah no and it's so funny that you say that because I was talking with a friend yesterday an, um, another mom and she had had a week by herself. Her husband took the two kids and she said it was the first time she had been alone for more than 24 hours in like 10, 15 years. And so she was saying that it was just so interesting to actually be in her own space hmm. and not be running this multiple levels of programming from the kid, the husband, the this, the that, to be able to have that discernment. And I think so often we push away the solo time or the quiet time and feel that it's it's frivolous or it's indulgent or we don't have the time for it. but to me, it's almost near impossible to be able to understand what's yours and
1: what somebody else's, if you don't have time with just your space. Right I think that's a really great point. Yeah. And I I find, too, that sometimes that people can't get to that point of, of being with themselves because it's uncomfortable to be with themselves, you know, and to be that clear conduit. And when I say clear conduit, it's really like, where do I need to get out of my own way? (laughs) <laughs> what are my patterns what are my biases what are why do I like the things that I like or dislike the things that I don't like and becoming more curious becoming more curious about self and why why did I decide to do my hair like this today or like you know what I did a little makeup for you I shaved my legs for you Lauren I'm right. not showing my legs I'm <laughs> not shaving my legs
0: for this podcast right but it's coming out of that autopilot yes I feel that more than anything, what I am trying to call in is more intention in my daily life. You know, we Mm -hmm. pack so much in, we run from thing to thing, back to back, and there's no, there's no space. We have like devalued, we've devalued emptiness and aloneness and space in favor of more, more, more. I literally just wrote a post on this today about, Mm What is enough? Where did we, how have we gone so much into do more, be more, have more without any consciousness about what even feels good to us as individuals, rather than what we're being sold or told or fed about what it means to be a person of value. And so I really love that this is a practice that people can do at home or they can take a course or there's so many different options for being able to cultivate this space and this healing through what's just such a beautiful easy practice right it's like if people are super interested they could take a certification class which i know you're going to talk about but it's also can be in many ways just like a passive healing opportunity
1: I I got chills when you're talking about this, and my mind's going in a couple directions. But one, you know, when it comes to sound healing, there are, you know, and I'll, I'll share some things that you can do at home that you don't have to purchase a class or a program. It's something that you could start incorporating in your everyday. And one of those things, which actually has a lot of science behind it, is humming. Spend five minutes, five minutes, find five minutes in the shower. You know if that's the only place on the toilet like go hide in the closet go home <laughs> for five minutes just mm, i just wrote something on this i haven't posted it yet but that the, the simplest concepts are usually the hardest ones to implement right i swear to you like my heart goes out to all of you like just if you spend five minutes humming a day it releases nitric oxide within the body there's like jonathan goldman and john bule's research on humming is just i mean they did the work for us toning, you know, it's it's and with toning, you know, it's not about singing. So anyone who's getting caught up in their minds about being a singer, it's not about being a singer. It's just an elongated tone, a elongated vowel tone. Mo, you know, whatever feels good that really vibrates and resonates in the chest cavity. And you know, you do that for five minutes, and you can settle anxieties, you can it helps you to become more grounded within your day, humming, toning, get your favorite song, sing it on the radio as loud as you can, the, the things are there. And it's just about, you know, what is it for you to actually do it when you're saying, reaching out, and we got to be more we got to do more, and we got to have more, you know, I, I definitely felt this in my business, actually, you know, in, in 2019 actually 2019 was like an amazing building year for me i launched my sound healing certification program i had opened a sound healing store i was still doing my monthly sound baths i had a lot of stuff going on but what i didn't realize at that time in my business was that as my personal self and business were evolving I needed to actually let go of some of the things that I was doing, like the monthly sound baths. I needed to actually let those things go so that I can, you know, teach, have this have my programs and do, you know, have the store and for those to actually thrive. But because I was I had so many spinning plates and still doing the old work that got me to where I am today, I I did have a lot of fear that if I let the monthly sound baths and coaching practice go that i would fail (laughs) or that i wouldn't be able to pay my bills or i wouldn't be able to actually evolve into the next thing that i was evolving into and but i was still reaching and i was still pulling in more things and then you know pandemic happened and it was such a blessing for me in the way that it stripped down my business so i could really see what was important but to come back to what you were saying, so I was stripping down my business and then I decided I was gonna do this cross-country road trip for five months. Oh, wow. And so it was, you know, when you just have this feeling, right? It's like spirits like, nope, you know, we're setting you up for success and we're planting these seeds for you to see that this thing is safe and that you're capable and it's possible to go do this, right? so i just i just know that if i don't trust that i'm i just go into like i get miserable if i'm not listening i start to become really unhappy and so i'm like all right i know i know the trajectory of this conversation if i don't follow it i'm gonna be really unhappy if i do follow it man this is scary as all get out and (laughs) i don't know what the hell i'm doing so it's trust right and so what this process did for me was i sold everything I sold everything and I had a, a little storage unit that I had for some pertinent things, but I basically sold everything and gotten my Fiat <laughs> and did this five-month road trip. I didn't realize at the time was how much I was reaching, reaching out of myself for validation, where I was holding fears that if I didn't keep building, I wasn't enough. That if I didn't, if I wasn't performing or being seen in a particular way, then, you know, what the hell am I doing? And what this did, this road trip of really getting rid of the external stuff, getting rid of the stuff outside of myself, really was more expansive and helped me to realign with this this path that I'm evolving into. So one of the things I recommend everybody do just start getting rid of shit. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, first of all, I have chills because I'm so envious that you were able to do that and and have the courage and, and the trust to be able to get the message, take action on the message. And I think it's also so important that you shared is that even if an identity that we have is a positive one, like one of, oh, I'm a successful business owner. It's still treacherous to get so connected to that identity that then just like you said, it's like, okay, I gotta keep feeding the beast. I have to keep doing the things that, that keep this identity that I'm now attached to like on full tilt.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the marks that people miss is that as you evolve as a person, so will your business and your business really is just an extension of who you are. It's just another creative expression of who you are. And I don't think that they have to be separate. And when it feels separate, then we feel disconnected from the work and we're not doing the greatest work we can do and we're not feeling as fulfilled or passionate about the work. So yeah, as I was evolving, I wasn't really allowing or letting go of the things in my business that the, that needed to be let go of, so that I could really allow that spaciousness of this this expression that was that needed to come through this new expression.
0: Right, and I think too, it's you know I talk to a lot of solopreneurs, and it's often getting down to why did you want to do this what was the impetus what what's your why in in creating this business because i think people find themselves all of a sudden then in a box of well i wanted freedom but i let people book appointments at any time or i wanted (laughs) peace and i wanted empowerment but i'm waking up all all hours of the night completely stressed so it's like we created a business to to activate and to empower. And then all of a sudden, everything's gotten twisted. And then we're the ones that are feeling the opposite of all the things. And then, of course, your energy is misaligned because you're not coming at your work from the place of, of alignment and of those feelings of joy and passion and, and empowerment and whatever reasons that you originally came with, then you're pushing out with the desperation and the fear and the people-pleasing and the lack and all those things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Actually, one of the exercises that I make all of my students do in the certification program is because like, I've woven in business. People are coming into the certification program or coming into sound healing, and they've never been an entrepreneur. And the thing with sound healing is that it's in a lot of these wellness fields, you know, there's not an opportunity to just interview for a position somewhere, right? Like you are becoming an entrepreneur. You sign up for it, you're, you're an entrepreneur. And so throughout the program, actually building their businesses while they're learning these techniques and this information. But the first exercise that I have them do is actually write their personal story. And in writing, it's like the hardest assignment. Like it sounds I'm still like- working on mine. It's <laughs> ridiculous. I cannot tell
0: you how many conversations that I've had where it's like, it's just such a common thing that it's so hard to dig into. For me, it's so hard to go back and try to remember the places where I said yes or the places where I had a transition. I'm just, it's very forward thinking, but I know that until... I really have dug into my story in the most authentic way. I I know that there is a bridge that I can't cross. I just do. And so you're validating that. Thank you. I'm gonna re up.
1: (laughs) You know what? And it's like, nobody has to see the personal story, right? This is the brain dump. This is the word vomit on paper. Like write the personal story, all the vulnerable ish, you know, that comes up. Name the names. Nobody has to see this. Name the people, name the situation, name. Because like what you're also going to see in writing your personal story are where your triggers still are, where your hurt still is, where your challenges are, the things that are still holding you back and where you are today. So it's, it's, it's incredibly powerful exercise. And then what you'll find when you go back and you read it, it's not just about these triggers and these challenges and you know these places of hurt that you're, that we kind of, they're still kind of lurking in the shadows. But what it does is it starts to uncover your why. Why the hell are you doing this work, right? Okay. And part of that's coming from that hurt. Part of it's coming from the successes and, and the failures, right? And my why, why I do this work, it's not because of sound healing, <laughs> it's because I want to help the other Danielle Halls out there who didn't know that to question their health and wellness, that didn't know that life could be a different way. I almost died because I didn't know to question how food affected my body and then found out I have a gluten allergy, <laughs> you know, and that changed my life, that changed the trajectory of my life. and. So my mission is to help and create opportunities for other people who, who don't know that life could be different. Right. So now how do I then put that into my business? You know, right. I'm not selling sound healing, you know, pointing to my gong. I'm not selling sound <laughs> healing. I'm selling and sharing the power and the solution that that experience can help people get to, which is hope. Faith, new perspective, relieving stress, calm, right? And when we can get to those states, we, we start to see the world differently. We start to see what we're capable of and what where we are getting in our own way. So forget your business plan. I actually don't like business plans. I think they're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's just an old way of being, I mean, and it's it's successful for some people. It's not it's not a process that's been helpful for me. What's been extremely helpful for me is the personal story and being able to pull out my why. And from your personal story, guess what else you could pull out? Not just your why, but your professional bio can come out of that. Your your business tagline can come out of that. Your business name can come out of that. You know, who your niche audience, the person, the, the group of people that you wanna really, that you are passionate about serving. The communities that you're passionate about serving and bringing this into is in your personal story. Right, and
0: there's no right or wrong. Exactly. I think we, you know, like anything else, you you see a success story and you try to emulate it. You try to find and everybody sells it to you. What's the secret formula? What's <laughs> the thing? And I love that you're sharing this. And I feel I first of all, your elevator pitch was incredible. I can't wait to listen back and be taking notes about it. But I think it's one of the things that I love doing which it sounds like you do too is it's helping people access the magic formula that's inside themselves. That that whatever portal we each create is unique and special and valuable. And so there is no, well, this person did it that way. So that's, those are the steps I need to follow that it's in your
1: personal story that you're going to find your, your secret sauce. Oh my God. Absolutely. I mean, my personal story will resonate with a particular group of people and it's not going to resonate with another group of people. And I think that's, why I have so much confidence is that, because I did this part of that work, I know that the right people that are meant for me are gonna show up because I am right for them. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to get, you know, I I have a confidence that I am not, first of all, I am not meant for everybody. Right. (laughs) I'm not everybody's teacher. And so what a blessing that is, that I am not meant to be the teacher for everyone, that my tools and the way that I approach it is not for everyone. It's just for those right people that are in that same vibration. When you see that and you feel that, oh God, like it's so much more expansive because that's how you get the right people sitting in the seats. And also too, with what I do, my approach to it, I don't want you to have to come back to me i want to be a resource for you but it's really about empowerment i want you to learn discernment i want you to empower yourself to make the change that you want to see in your life and i might be the doorway that helps you begin to navigate that new way of thinking and that new path the way that i craft my sound baths my my classes the sound healing membership like all of those things are, are not so that you have to come back to me to feel good. It's so that you can start to empower yourself in changing your life, empowering yourself to, do, to create the life that you love waking up to every day.
0: It's so beautiful. And it's such a, a perfect example of this new, new paradigm of healing, that it's accessible, that there's not the guru or the master or the person that everybody needs to continue to come back to, to lead them in each step. And yet I think it takes time because for so many of us, we have been programmed into not trusting ourselves, not listening to our own intuition, not even knowing that we have access to it. And so feeling like somebody else is gonna be our savior. Somebody else is gonna be the hero. Here I go, I'm about to have the waterworks again, but I just feel so strongly. And I don't know, I'm an only child. I, although my parents were incredibly loving and warm and supportive, there was a chaotic childhood. And I just feel like I learned at such a young age that that I am the person that is gonna save myself. That I can am so blessed to have access to so many wonderful healers and friends and and family but nobody else can do the work for us and i think that as much as i want every soulpreneur to succeed and to have the cart full and have the rings and all the things if we're not teaching people that they have the healing inside them we are doing such a disservice to people
1: uh, absolutely. I think, you know, the way to make the change that we want to see globally in the world is, it, I think it does start with ourselves and and being curious in that conversation. I think I mentioned it before, of being curious of our patterns, being curious of our biases. Why am I feeling fear in this situation? Why do I feel uncomfortable in this situation? You know, all of these things or this interaction with this person, what was really going on? What was the role that I played in the thing but i think there's also this balance of it's kind of funny right one side we're reaching out for validation and we're reaching out for empowerment and answers and on another hand we are we need community we need to also rely on other people we need that kind of tribalism we need to feel like we're a part of community so there's this inner work that has to happen you know it's not necessarily that we need to do this you know alone right because that'll send us into depression or anxiety but I think like there's the personal responsibility of learning who we are and getting to know ourselves while also looking at, well, why do I feel like I can't ask for help in this situation, you know? So there's that balance. And and that's something that I also have to do. You know, I went through a breakup recently. I went through this process of, you know, I had to grieve and, you know, be upset and disappointed about this thing ending. And then, but I can't allow myself to be in the hurt by myself for too long, right? There's that point of allowing yourself to go through the experience of the thing, go through the hurt, feel the feelings, even if it's uncomfortable and you're having the ugly cry, you know? And then there's also the just getting it out in that other way of expressing it to your friends or expressing it to someone so that you can move that energy even further and know that you're not alone in your experience.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. I really appreciate your perspective on finding that balance. And I think a lot of it is potentially where is the validation desire? Is it can, can it be internally driven where you know that you are enough, that you hold the power, that you can be okay just where you are, just with mm-hmm. what you have? and then pushing out into the world from a place versus f- focusing more on what the external world is
1: doing to fill you up. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's this like really interesting ecosystem. that yeah. <laughs> a, see- a
0: seesaw, a trampoline. <laughs> All right. So I wanted to ask you in your journey what was the impetus that led you to the sound healing and then how did that go from being somebody that had experienced it to being a practitioner to being a teacher what was Mm -hmm. that sort of process and
1: evolution (laughs) you know i feel like sound healing it's not like you you wake up one day and you're like oh this is a big great career i feel like sound healing just chooses you you know and i think a lot of us feel that way when you know in, in some of these practices it, it's like you, you it just chooses you but for me i originally went to school for photography i have a bfa in photographic imaging and so my trajectory was i'm going to be a commercial photographer. And originally I went to school in Atlanta for photography and then went out to San Francisco to pursue that. My mentor at the time, his name's Jim Fiskus, brilliant photographer. He was like, if you're gonna do photography anywhere, don't do it in Atlanta. And I'm like, well, you're doing it. And he's like, I'm on a different level than you, honey. (laughs) So, you know, that you just couldn't specialize in something in Atlanta, at least at that time. And so I ended up in San Francisco and was doing photography I was in photography commercial photography for 10 years at 28 I became not my normal sick I'd always been on again off again sick growing up and so having these flare-ups of you know either these migraines or chronic constipation or you know bloating and inflammation skin issues I had a lot of crazy things that were just on again off again but 28 I hit this Whatever stress point, I know what the Saturn return. <laughs> it was definitely my Saturn return. Yeah. As soon as you said 28, I was like, ooh, Saturn. I know. <laughs> Everybody's like, mm-hmm, tell yeah. me more. <laughs> and all all of a sudden I was not my normal sick. So I went to the emergency room, you know, going to the emergency room was not a, you know, it was part of my life. So I wasn't like it was like, all right, cool, I'm doing the thing that I would do normally do. This time was a little bit different. I I was in a full on gurney and the doctor comes in and picks up my chart and doesn't even look at me. And he looks at my chart and is like, well, Miss Hall, if we don't find out what's going on with you, you're going down a really dark road. Puts my chart away and walks out of the room. And, you know, this is really the catalyst for me because I, up until that point, you know, I, I grew up military kid, moved every two to three years, loving, but kind of strict you know, growings up and, you know, you go to the doctor, you do what the doctor says and you take the pill and you just do what you're told. And and up until that point, I was never scared for my life. And, and then somebody else comes in, gives me a prescription. I have to make another appointment. They do blood work and, you know, the cycle continues. But I went home scared for my life for the first time. And through other other testings that were being done, I found out that my body was deteriorating at a rapid rate. They didn't know why I was malnourished. There were all of these things that were happening because I was malnourished and it was just getting worse. And so, you know, I, I went home that first initial uh, appointment and I had the ugly, cr- cr- ugly cry. And at, at that time I didn't know the difference between prayer and meditation. And so I'm sitting there in prayer but like cursing God, all the F-bombs, all the everything, you know, the ugly cry with the snot and everything, laying into God. (laughs) And after that cry, you know, that like good lethargic cry, you feel this kind of internal vibration. And I remember feeling this like vibration happening and I, I kind of fell into this deep meditative state. And all I heard was you're gonna be fine, be open. Which like I came out of it and I was just like WTF, you know, again cursing at God, the whole thing again, right? But the very next day, I don't even remember how this woman came into my awareness, divine intervention. But I went to a naturopathic doctor, only went to her because she had doctor in the name. And, you know, found out that all of my health issues from a young age were a gluten allergy. Took gluten out of my diet, felt what healthy felt like for the first time in my life. And there's a lot of other things that happen when you're going through that process. But because I was feeling better, I started questioning Why wasn't I open to alternative therapies in the first place? And and then I was starting to see, like the in this photography conversation, you know, what were the conversations I was having within that field of that I was having these negative body image talks with myself? There were a lot of things that I I was starting to see now that I was feeling better in my physical body. And so, you know, I'm taking kind of the the photo marketing experience and applying it now to alternative therapies and looking at that, like, well, why wasn't I open to these therapies in the first place? And so I went to my first yoga class, first massage, acupuncture, just started doing all these things. And I'm in San Francisco at the time. So all of these things are readily available. I went into my first sound bath ever and it was like a free thing. I found it online went into this free thing, and it was like the most weird, bizarre thing. I'm walking into this space with a Buddha, and a Jesus, and a Quan Yin, and sacred geometry, and bad incense, bad patchouli. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I love patchouli, but it's gotta be the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, and so, so I go into this experience, and it, it, I didn't know what Burning Man was, at the time and this ended up being like a burner sound bath. And so everybody there was like in fur and glitter and like they were like massaging each other's shoulders. I'm like, what the did I just walk into? (laughs) Where am I? And I'm wearing my skinny jeans and my Nike lives and my giant baseball hat. And I'm like, I don't, I don't fit in here. And so I actually was about to walk away. And you know, the guy who greeted me at the door had stopped me and was like, hey, where are you going? and by this time i'm like the whole group of people are now looking at me and i'm like dude you know what it's cool you're full uh i see that i'm not really prepared i don't have the blankets or pillows or anything like everybody else does i'll come back early next time and you know claim a spot because it was pretty full and then these two guys were like oh you can you can lay between us and i in my mind i'm like totally freaking out because i'm still going through a healing process while my physical body was better my mental and emotional body was not there like in my mind i'm screaming i gotta touch naked elbows with these guys like that was too much for my brain that was like too sexual it was like too intimate and i'm just like can't do this. But by this time, I felt like a little bit of a peer pressure. So I'm like, okay, so I sit between these people, I'm like holding my knees, they turn off the lights, everybody lays down, they turn off the lights. And then they just begin this music and I freak out. I totally freak out. And I'm yelling out there like, hey, I don't know what this is. They had to stop for me. I don't know what this is. I don't know what these instruments are. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I was like totally freaking out (laughs) and and the same guy was like you're gonna be fine be open wow and if it really like if it wasn't for him saying those words i would not have laid down i would have freaked out more i would have left had a panic attack and i laid down and it was so crazy because it was a little over a year That I had had that experience with the doctor and then hearing that in that meditation and for this man to say those same words, you're going to be fine, be open. I was a little over a year in that healing process and this new rediscovery that, you know, I laid down for the experience and I don't know where I went. I I blanked out. And then all of a sudden, I, I just started crying uncontrollably during the experience and not just crying it went into the full on ugly cry where it was like primordial sounds were coming out howls, like, not yelling, but like this, like, yeah, like these sounds were just coming out. And this is not, you know, for anybody new to sound healing, this kind of experience can happen for people. But it's not something that happens all the time. You know. I see this happen more with practitioners who don't know to watch their participants and how to shift the facilitation or don't know how to keep an intention or don't know how to shift their facilitation to support you know, what's happening for their people. I mean, luckily this was a very beautiful environment in the sense that I, I had that process I was crying, they stopped the sound bath. Everybody, you know, they came out of their experience and they were rubbing my back and getting me water and tissue. And it was, it ended up being really, really beautiful. I was fricking angry though. WTF, why did I lose control over my body? You know, why am I crying? What is this? Why, you know, what is happening to me? The facilitator couldn't really explain it. He said, oh, you just have stuck emotions. I'm like, what are, what the F are stuck emotions? (laughs) <laughs> and and then what's he's like, an emotion well, and why is it stuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah. why am i howling uncontrollably why is my body shaking like my body went into that fight flight freeze shake you know And yeah, so that he told me that it was actually a school. And I'm like, this is a school. And he was like, the owner of the school will be back tomorrow. Come back tomorrow, he can explain this to you. And I did, I marched up those stairs. I went back that next day and I'm like, dude, what the F happened to me? And he explained it to me. And we had like a little bit of a coaching exercise and I was like, all right, well, what is this program? And I need to sign up because I really need to understand what happened to me. Not because I thought I was gonna become a sound healer, not because I thought I was going to facilitate change for other people, because I was pissed off. That's why I signed up. I was pissed off <laughs> that I lost control of my body. And then, you know, halfway through the program, I knew that I needed to do this work. But I also, I realized through that research of going to these different modalities, it was the story that was being told around the modalities, how it was being shown and expressed which were the reasons why I didn't feel like I belonged there, that I didn't want to be a part of it or why I didn't take it seriously. At that time, anything that was hippie or leaned on the conversation of hippie, I had a, a negative connotation around. I have a negative story around. I mean, now it's different. you know, I, I'm just like, okay, tell me more, you know, but I I needed more science. I needed more of a foundation for that to be accessible for me. And then I started thinking, well, if I, Danielle Hall, Caucasian, doesn't feel confident in going into these spaces or taking these spaces seriously. What about my black and brown friends? You know, why am I not seeing more diversity within these alternative therapies? And so it really became about like this mission of how can I make this more accessible? It comes down to marketing. (laughs) Comes down to the storytelling. And so I think that's why writing our personal story is so important because it informs who we want to share this with the the communities that we're most passionate about sharing it with. And as I evolved in my sound healing career, I think a lot of us feel like everybody needs this thing, right? This is going to benefit everybody. And then we stretch ourselves so thin and we're trying to be in all of these different places because we know we want to help and we know that this is powerful for people. But then that conversation came into, well, I am not meant to be the person to go into all of these different communities. I'm not meant to be the person to take this into every group. And that's when the teaching conversation started to come in of, all right, you know what? I I understand marketing. I understand branding. I I've facilitated in and my trajectory in sound healing and brought this into many different Corporate wellness programs and yoga studios and therapy centers and even hospitals. I can take that experience and even owning a store for a while, you know, taking all that experience and I poured it into this certification program that people who are graduating my program are leaps and bounds doing this work faster than I was able to do in 10 years. And, and with the mission of making it more accessible means that I am not meant to be the person to be in every community. So teaching other people, empowering other people to take it into the communities that they're passionate about serving is that evolution into the sound healing certification program.
0: You are such a masterful storyteller because I was completely absorbed. I was in the space with you. I was feeling uncomfortable. I was was yelling. And I just think it's such a testament to, again, this thread of, of not backing away from a difficult situation, of not leaving a place where you feel uncomfortable, you know, obviously you felt safe, but so that conversation aside. No, I was be,
1: uncomfortable. Yeah, was Actually, I, I was peer pressured into it <laughs> yeah. at that point.
0: <laughs> to be curious and, you know, cause you certainly didn't have to go back the next day and say right. what happened. It could have just chalked it up to, okay, well, that was a wacky experience. Don't want to do that again. And I think it's also so beautiful that you shared that because I think for many people in any of these different healing or spiritual modalities, Again, I think we see the story that it's this like, you know, rainbows and sparkles. <laughs> it can be hard at first or throughout the whole time. It can be something that you have a distaste for or it doesn't even feel like the right fit. And it's like, okay, what is that about? And maybe it ends up being the right thing and maybe it doesn't end up being the thing that resonates with you. But I think it's just, it's just such a beautiful example of what can happen when we are open when we are curious
1: when well, also like we are the goddess mm. in light or the shadow you know my men like you are my king and we are the queens and even in our light and our shadow right when we're looking at social media when we're looking at how other people are doing it and how they're sharing their lives know that it's an edited version yeah it's what other people want you to see and when you're choosing your teacher I invite you to 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 look at what are they actually sharing? Are they sharing the humanity and the work? Are they sharing who they are? Are they sharing behind the scenes? That like this, you know, this is a lifelong journey. It like just because I have reached a, a certain level of success, that I also define success for you. My version of success is not going to be your version of success. So, you know, I just want to say that right now, but I've reached a level of success that I, for myself, that I never thought that I would be able to reach. And I never even imagined that life could be the way that it is right now. And that has nothing to do with a financial number. I'm sure we could go into more of that too. But when you're looking for your teacher, you know, like try to get their like really get their vibe like you really might like what they're posting great that's a really great resource or really great tool but watch where you're comparing and watch you know being be okay with where you are right now because you can't get there you can't get to what you aspire to be and do if you're forever living in that future self be present and be okay with where you are right now because that's where you can actually make the steps to get there
0: such beautiful advice. I feel like we could go on for hours because I have a million more questions. I did want to ask you how you get your intuitive hits. Are you, are you Audience? Is that your main way of knowing? You no, know,
1: it's interesting. Like it's different. My intuitive hits are these knowing senses, like the, you're going to be fine, be open. It's not like I hear a voice. It's like, you're going to be fine, be open, you know, it's like, bloop oh where did that thought come from you know it's more like that i also am in a practice of when a blessing comes in i i go into gratitude right away and i've noticed that when the blessing comes in uh, and i do that i get more blessings and i i see more blessings and i feel more blessed and i i'm seeing kind of the breadcrumbs that my guides are are sending me and and sometimes that is a breakup. <laughs> sometimes that's noticing that, wow, like why why is my dad loving on me so hard right now? All right, cool. Like, oh, I really am loved. I really am connected. I didn't realize that I wasn't feeling connected to my family. And then this wave of love from my dad comes in and he doesn't know I went through a breakup or whatever else is happening in my life, like all of a sudden. So those are, you know, it's becoming getting into a practice of noticing because that is I feel that is that's another way that guides come in to show us that we really are loved that we really are guided that we're all connected energetically and and having these energetic conversations. I mean, you reaching out and saying, "Hey, come on this podcast." When I was like, ah, "I kind of want to get on some podcasts." <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, I think you're so right.
0: Acknowledging, you know, we're we're just very often on to the next thing without stopping to acknowledge. I get a ton of feather messages. Like literally almost every day, a feather will appear in one place or another. Wow. It doesn't matter what route I take, what path, what I just happen to look down at the moment and a feather is waiting for me. And so I love that reinforcement of of the gratitude and thank you for sending this to me and i feel love and i feel support
1: and yeah i think it it's that acknowledgement too yeah, like yeah. thank you for sending this mm-hmm. i see it i have gratitude for it keep it coming yeah <laughs> you right. know because when the more we reinforce that with in connecting to energy and connecting with our guides like they're like you know, you could feel the excited energy. Oh, my God, finally, she saw it. She saw the, the dragonfly. Like she gets like, finally, she's seeing right. And they're just back there like they want us to succeed. But ultimately, we have choice. And so we can choose to take what's coming in. They're just guides. They're just helping us with the guideposts along our way. But ultimately, we get to choose our journey and you know, we could choose to see the signs or we can choose to kind of go our own way with it and continue to experience the challenges that, we, that keep reoccurring in our lives because we're choosing it.
0: Right, right. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I love, love that. Yes, I, I always say my guides must be like beating their heads against the wall. Like lady, we are here. <laughs> Like how many, we're one to help you. And I'm like, is it okay for me to ask for help? And like <laughs> that whole limiting belief, you know, and you touched upon that earlier, feeling like I had to do it on my own or that me, me doing it on my own was some sort of a, you know, medal that I had won. And so not feeling unable to ask for help. And then I hear all these other people like, oh yeah, I call on my guys all the time. I'm sitting to write an email and I ask for help. I'm going on a walk, I ask for help. And I'm like, can we do that? But yeah, people, you can do that. Just ask for the help. And, and they deliver and they do. They, they are here to support you and it's just- Well, it's good. also like, it's
1: not always gonna show up how we think it's gonna show up. Right. You know, whatever we think, god or guides or angels of our highest and best are going to come in and they think that it's going to be this like gold bar or it's got to be a certain way that the help gets delivered it's it's not always how we expect most of the time it is not how we expect it to be and i think like yes own and trust that god universal consciousness will come in and guide you and will you know that we are supported we will have what we need but it's not going to necessarily look like what we think it's going to look like or we're, we may be so attached to an idea that it has to be a person that the the transition we're trying to make in our business has got to look a certain way it's got to be a certain way it's got to be a certain dollar amount and so allow your perspective to open when it when you do call it in, that it, it that I know that you will deliver in my highest and best in whatever way that I am supposed to receive it now. That I trust that you're supporting my evolution and I trust that I am loved and connected.
0: We get hung up on the how, we get hung up on the timing and, and that's not what it's about because we're, we're missing all the help that's coming our way because we think
1: it's gonna be something else. And you know, I'm saying this and I'm sharing all of this But i also want to say like it's something that i have to continue to remind myself of yeah i I do like we're we're in this evolution we're in this like human game (laughs) you know (laughs) earth games and you know it's something that i have to also keep reminding myself to do but when we do this when we do the work it actually becomes a lot easier. We see things faster. We go through things faster. We don't hold on to the negative energy or the sadness or the depression or the anxieties as long or as much, or if any, the more we continue doing the practices, the more we continue to do the work.
0: Tell everyone where they can find you and sign up for all the amazing things you offer
1: thank you my website is soundembrace.com. I have a sound embrace membership and on the sound embrace membership there are two minute 10 minute and 30 minute sound healing tracks for you to plug into on demand whenever you need it and then I pop it several times in the month to either do a live sound bath for you or a live virtual sound bath for you or I'm recording sound baths in different places and popping those in so you have fresh new content every month. And then I also pop in there to do coaching. Like, what are your experiences about? And like, let's actually talk about it. And there's just like the beautiful community aspect to the the Sound Embrace membership where, you know, we get to talk about the experiences, be vulnerable, and, you know, know, so that you know you're not crazy in your experiences and you're not alone in them. And then I also teach other people how to do this work. And so I have classes and new cohorts going on a couple times a year. This, the Sound Embrace Sound Healing Certification Program, you can also find more information on that on my website. There's a level one that is open to all levels. You don't even need an instrument, but it's a really great way to dip your toe in, get immersed in it's an immersion class that's virtual so you could be anywhere and like you really get the nitty-gritty of the industry how to get started by the time you're done with level one I push you to start facilitating for your friends and family but you can also find me on Instagram I love Instagram my Instagram is sound underscore embrace it's a place that I just I post stories and different you know, tracks and different things like that, different stories. So you can kind of get a vibe of who I am if you don't already get the vibe here. And uh, yeah, another way to connect.
0: Thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful to be able to share this space with you, even though we are connecting via Zoom, your, your light and your energy just shines through. And I know that it's gonna connect with so many people and be able to open them up to a new way of looking at things, a new perspective, a new avenue for healing. Thank you for having me. Thank you all so much for listening to the Open to Alchemy podcast. You can find more about me on all the social places, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse, at open.to.alchemy. That's open, the word T-O, alchemy, or at my website, opentoalchemy.com. See you next time.